0: Barbie and Ken but you kept me up till 4 a.m. Laundry dishes never ends I'm so tired and I thought oh my god look at that face you look alike, you're so awake grab your seat. no time to paint I can make it back just in time for your play date cuz I can't last forever oh I'm gonna go down in flames unless I place this order mm, Or else I'll go insane. You've got a blank space, baby. Please write my name. Screaming, crying, perfect storm. She's woken by a nightmare dressed like an ice queen Cause this day is like forever And we're running out of things to play So keep drawing that picture Do I really look that way? Gotta have my Starbucks latte Or else No, she's not saying Starbucks what it's long list of ex-lovers Well, I can relate to that much less
1: This is part two of a white Christmas and uh, And last week when when I brought it up I just mentioned how a lot of times people who don't believe in Jesus at all will celebrate Christmas and so it's, it's the reason for Christmas that we need to hang on to. And, and he came uh, to give us not just a holiday, not just a Christmas. He came to give us a white Christmas. In Isaiah chapter 1, it says that he takes our sins that are like crimson and he makes them white as snow. He makes them white as wool. And uh, so I just talked about that last week. And then for part two, I want to talk about and just focus on Mary, Jesus's mom, how she had a quality, and that quality was staying power. She had staying power. On three, can everybody say staying power? One, two, three. Staying power. Oh, you guys sound good. Let me hear you again. One, two, three. Staying power. Man, you guys sound good today. Uh, but staying power, and just as a working definition of staying power, uh, is just the refusal to quit. The refusal to quit. And, and Mary had staying power. She had this refusal to quit. It was like when times got tough, she seemed to get stronger. Do you ever meet anyone like that? When, when things get hard, they just dig their heels in deeper. And uh, you know, I've been thinking about staying power for a few days, uh, and and this thought came to mind that oftentimes people quit too soon. You just quit too soon. Quit too soon on a marriage, or too soon on a relationship, or too soon on a job. You just we have a tendency to quit too soon. Anyone here take piano lessons as a kid? You, you don't you wish you didn't quit? Uh, Isaiah is thankful I quit, because he wouldn't have a job right now. I would do I, I would just do both, you know? But just this, this tenacity not to quit, you know, quitting is addictive. Did you know that? It's, it's easy to quit. And once you quit, it's, it's easy to be addictive. You know, it's, it's easy for it to become something that's just easy to do. And uh, I, I want to just implore you to just pick out a few things in life where there's just a refusal to quit. And, uh, and you build this new habit of not You build this habit of staying power and and quitting is not even an option for you. Uh, I read this book. I highly recommend it. It's not a Christian book, uh, but it is a book where where you will just glean so heavily. The the title of the book is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And uh, right away, right in the first chapter, he talks about this, this lady named Lisa Allen. Uh, Let me read it to you. Um, According to her file, she was 34 years old. She had started smoking and drinking when she was 16 and had struggled with obesity for most of her life. At one point in her mid-20s, collection agencies were hounding her to recover $10,000 in debts. Her longest job on her resume was less than a year. Today, she had no outstanding debts, didn't drink, and was in her 39th month as a graphic design artist at a local firm. She replaced smoking with jogging, and that in turn changed how she ate, worked, slept, saved money, scheduled her work days, planned for the future, and so on. She would start running half marathons, then full marathons. She went back to school, bought a house and got engaged. When researchers began examining Lisa's brain, they saw something remarkable. One set of neurological patterns, her old habits, had been overridden by new patterns. They could still see neural activity of her old behaviors, but those impulses were crowded out by new urges. As Lisa's habits changed, So had her brain. In 2006, Duke University's research team found that 40% of the actions performed each day weren't actual decisions. They are habits. New blood and electrical impulses flow to new parts of your brain each time you form a new habit. Now this is huge. Once a new habit is formed, making another new habit is much easier. It all starts with, keystone, with a keystone habit, which is the first habit that's established, which then causes the dominoes to easily fall with other desired habits. And this is the study of habits. Have you ever wondered how people can wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go to the gym and work out? And you go, how in the world does somebody do that? You're on your pillow. Ah, You wake up. I'm going to go lift heavy weights. Why would you do that? How does that happen? Well, their brain changed. Well, tell me something we don't know, you know. But once that happens, it's easy for that person to develop another habit. I could easily talk on habits because I just chewed on this book over and over and over again. But I want to talk about something that's far more important than any habit we could ever develop. And that's the habit of creating staying power with our relationship with Jesus Christ. And just so I am abundantly clear on what I'm talking about. A relationship with Jesus Christ is not complicated. It's only putting your mind's attention and your heart's affection on Jesus as often as possible. Where you pray in your head, you pray in your heart, you pray as often as you can. Smith Wigglesworth says, I, I, I rarely pray an hour a day, but I don't let an hour go by without praying. I want to talk about staying power. If Mary, the mother of Jesus, didn't have staying power, then the entire Christmas story would be radically different. And let me just say this, if our staying power could grow by quantum leaps this next year, our life will be radically different. If you can remember this, and, and this is something that I've just been echoing in my own heart for the past couple of weeks, that if next year I pray more and more fervently than I have ever in my life. Next year will be the greatest year of my life. I want to say that to you. If you pray with more fervency, if you pray with more intentionality, if you build it into your schedule like you never have, I want, I'm going to promise you, I'll promise you that next year will be the greatest year of your life. The ball is in our court. The ball is on our court. God changes everything, 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 everything. Let me dive into four keystone habits. Four things that Mary did to help her navigate through these things called quitting points. And before I unpack those four thoughts for you, let me lay a scriptural foundation. It's in Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading in verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, look at the person next to you and say, you look better than me. Go ahead. There you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. You look better than me. All right. Back to what I was thinking. All right. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. I'm going to come back to that. Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Once again, this favor thing is coming up. You will conceive and give birth to a son. and You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. If you're taking notes and I hope you are, title make your first point expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. Here Mary is engaged to be married. She has this guy that she's just so crazy about. They're engaged. His name is Joseph. And it, the the funniest people that I find to watch. Does anybody here like to people watch? Like you can go to an airport and just sit there and just people watch all day long. I played a game with friends before where uh, I, I'm, I look at somebody and, and we just kind of guess what that person does for a living. All oh, that he looks like. Um, he looks like a doctor. He looks like a doctor, you know. And then we just make out his whole life. Uh, but but here, when I watch people uh, that are about to get married, it's so much fun. They just live on the internet. They live on Pinterest. They got magazines for dresses and and, and you start planning your wedding before you ever even meet the guy you're gonna marry. It's crazy. And so here Mary is so excited about her wedding it's coming up. She lives in a small village. So, you know, invitations have probably already gone out. And then this angel shows up. And let me just remind us, point number one is to expect the unexpected anytime you're living for God. This angel shows up and says, Mary, um, you're going to have a baby. And she goes from yes to um, You're going to be impregnated by God. And I want you to remember that you are favored by him. Of course, I'm putting this in my own language. You're you're favored. You've been chosen. (laughs) So she walks away. She's totally blown away. And she goes and talks to Joseph. And she says, Joseph, I'm so excited. But there's something I need to tell you. Uh, What had happened was... um, Ah, I'm pregnant. Joseph no doubt blew a cork. You got to be kidding me. I want to know who he is. First of all, we're broke up. I think that goes without saying. But I want to know who he is. Who is this? Was it George? I want to know. Was it George? Is it George? I knew I could never trust that guy. I could never trust. Who is it? Um, uh, It's God. It's, it's completely off. And so here she is. She loses her fiance. She, everything about her wedding is, is completely blown to smithereens. Her family, her friends, they're all freaking out. And then she has the words of an angel echoing, angel echoing in the back of her mind. You are favored. What? If she had an iPhone if she had one, and she could pull it out and call up the angel Gabriel. Bring. And if, I know this, is, this wouldn't happen, but just work with me. The angel's in heaven and answers the phone, hello. Mary could say something along these lines. Hey, how you doing? You ever get ready to yell at somebody and just kind of ease into it? Hey, and that tone of voice is fake. It's fake, fake. Hey, and the only thing that's in your mind is Hey, Gabe, how are you? As if she could care. Hey! Oh, I'm doing good. Mary, how's it going with you? So glad you asked. You said something about being favored when we were on the, when we were talking the other day. In fact, you said it twice. You made me smile. I got so excited that God is going to move in my life and the next thing I know, my whole world is upside down. You didn't tell me I was going to lose my fiance. You didn't tell me all the money that I put into my marriage was going to be gone. You didn't tell me I was going to be broke you didn't tell me any of these things isn't it interesting how on a Sunday morning preachers like myself will come up and we will preach the goodness of God and the promises of God and you would love to call us preachers up on a Monday morning are you with me hey preacher (laughs) What a good message yesterday. And who does that apply to? I'd just like to know, because I've been talking at the water cooler, and a lot of us have some really good preachers. And you know what? This blessed and highly favored thing, not seeing it. Hello. 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 Are you there? Hello. Here's the reality. Let's write this down. Favor comes to those who are faithful. Favor is available. Favor is a promised blessing that's available, but it requires the staying power. And in order to have that staying power, you just got to go into your Monday morning. You have to go into your marriage. You you have to go into it just knowing the unexpected is going to happen. You're favored. But weapons will be formed against you. The good news is that because you're favored, they won't prosper. You just got to know it. You can't get upset. You can't get mad. You just got to know it. You know, what I love is, is um, about 13 months ago. How old is Kate? 13 months? Okay, sweet. I did so good. She's on the front row going, you did good. <laughs> We have three kids. We have a 10-year-old, uh, a 7-year-old, and, and a 13-month-old. And by the time the, she, Allie was pregnant with our third, well, you know, we felt like veterans at the time. And so we knew that the baby was going to want to come out in an unexpected moment. And I don't know about those of you who are parents, but we went three for three with midnight babies. I don't know what's wrong with noon. Like, why couldn't Allie? Like, hey, you know. Uh, it's noon, it's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening. Hey, I think I'm going to have a baby. No, that'd be way too easy. It's got to be 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning. And so Allie had the diaper bag for the third sitting by the door. She knew ahead of time when this baby comes, we're going to need this bag. You do not go anywhere without this bag bag. For those of you that are parents, you know, if you leave the house with a baby without this bag, you turn the car around. You never leave without this bag. This bag is your life because the one thing you can guarantee as a parent is the unexpected is going to happen. You don't know when, you don't know how, and you don't know where, but you know it's going to happen. And inside this bag, you're ready. You know, this is the only bag I'm proud to carry as a man. You know, when Allie walks into a store and she hands me her purse, I'm like... Somebody's gonna see me. Someone's gonna see me. I set it down and, and just pretend like it's not mine, you know. It's but a diaper bag, a baby bag, oh yeah, yeah. I am not ashamed to carry this because I know what's in this thing. This is my saving grace, because at any moment that baby's gonna go, Wah! And I'm gonna go, hey, well, don't worry about that. <laughs> i'm ready at any moment i don't know what she's gonna do but i got pictures i got pictures i'm ready i'm ready all right what else what what do we got here oh yes candy here here open your mouth open your mouth say ah there you go (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and just stick them all in there oh she's quiet she's quiet I don't know how she got quiet it just, and the, but then every parent knows that if you leave the house without one of these <laughs> you know it's going to happen you don't know when but it is going to happen you better have one of these and we've got this term in our house called blew up Well, Allie will say, um, "Frankie, the baby just blew up. <laughs> just blew up," and everybody in the family goes, "Ooh!" <laughs> because what that means is not only are you going to need this, but now you need you need this. You need a whole new set. You got a whole new set of clothes. You got a backup. Because you already know. You mess around and have a baby. The unexpected is going to happen for the rest of your life. They'll be 53 years old. Hey, mama, is that guest room open? For the rest of your life, you just get ready for the unexpected. And and Mary found that out (laughs) real quick. Number two is that you expect opposition. See, here she's, she's favored. God didn't give her all the pieces to the puzzle. There's parts of the plan that he left out. She's favored. She learned to expect that. And then she began to experience opposition. King Herod found out that the Messiah was born as a baby. And so he sent people out to find that baby and to kill that baby. So now she's got opposition. Can I just say, if you ever get serious, I mean serious about your relationship with God, and it is by far the most important thing in your life. If you ever get, I mean, serious, ears, you can expect opposition. You know, there, there was a time in my life that for my prayer time, I, I would just block off a half hour, a half hour a day, just block off a half hour. Ever since December 2nd, I don't know what happened to me. I mean, God just decided to wreck me. Now I, I have to block off two hours every single day. And if there's something in my day, I plan it the day before. If there's something in my day that I look at, I look at my schedule, I'm like, there's not a two-hour block here. Then I got to get up at 5.15, 5 o'clock. There's no getting around it. I'm not going to miss a day. But I need two hours now. Ever since December 2nd, I don't know why. I say that to say this. I want to share with you the awesome things that's happened in my life ever since I started doing this. Our dishwasher has broke. <laughs> our dryer is broke. For the last week, we we have been drying our clothes like you know The Sound of Music, hanging it on on strings in the backyard. Yeah, uh, um, uh, we got paper plates, paper cups, paper forks, paper uh, or plastic forks. It's it's a mess at the Mazapica home. Uh, so uh, we don't have a, a washer, we don't have a dryer, and so we call the people to come fix it, and they're like, yeah, we'll be right there in five days. <laughs> uh, like, uh, what? Uh, right there in five days, those don't go in the same sentence. <laughs> that, that's like, no, you're not Jesus. Like, Jesus said, I will return soon. Well, it's been 2,000 years. <laughs> like, you're not Jesus. You're Ralph. You, you say, I'll be right there. That doesn't mean five days from now. And so then they show up and I got the wrong part. And then, they, you know, that part is discontinued. And we're going to get a new part and another part and another part. It's like, man, don't you have like a, like a, like a barn with a bunch of parts in it? Like, like, can I just have a family moment for a minute? Can, I need some therapy for like 30 seconds. If I fix dryers, I would have a ton of drier parts. Can I just say, like, if that's what I did, I would have a lot of drier parts. Oh, that felt so good. Gosh, that felt so good. I wanted to say it to that guy. But I, I held it back. But now I get to tell all of you it feels so much better. I just have a ton of drier parts. All right, anyway. So uh, then my son got the flu. He decided he was throwing up all over the house. Um, what else happened? There's like six things, six things. So uh, I just decided, Allie looked at me over dinner. She was like, well, if you want to start praying so much. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be honest with you. I did have the thought of maybe hey, if all this is 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 this opposition like I'm in the red zone I've increased my offense and so now the defense is going to increase if this is what's happening maybe yeah maybe I just back it up a little bit maybe I'll back it up a little bit I don't maybe I don't know I don't know here maybe I just kind of go back to that like Lord Jesus I love you thank you for my food kind of prayer because it's starting to get intense. And and you just got to decide, you just got to decide when the opposition comes because you know it's going to come. And and it's not going to come like the the Pharisees in the Bible or the Roman soldiers with with like red feathers sticking out of their helmet. It's going to come through a washer and through a dryer and through a secretary and through a bill and through a visa call, that person who won't leave you alone and they want to call you and nag you about a payment and you're like, it's December for the love of Jesus. Would you not call me until next year? I'm trying to have a holiday. That that's that's how that's how the opposition comes. It just comes from all these different directions. And Joseph was in a position of, okay, now, sir, you wanted to have, because he was a godly man. The Bible says he was a godly man. You wanted to have a relationship with God. Now your whole life just got flipped upside down. Do you still want a relationship with God, Joseph? Or do you have any staring power, or do you want to have a relationship with God on your terms? With all the answers, you're never in a state of confusion, and you know every single step that God is going to take, about to take, and did take. Otherwise, you're out. Who are you, Joseph? You just got to expect it. Would you write this down on your notes, please? Be consistent when life is complicated. When it gets complicated, my mother and the Lord used to tell me this. She used to say, she goes, Frankie, don't ever forget faithfulness always wins. Uh, I shouldn't tell this story because I don't have time for it, but, but I got to, it just came to my mind. Um, there's a guy named John Sally that used to play for the Detroit Pistons way back in the day. He kind of made his name when he played for the Detroit Pistons. And, uh, uh, he ended up playing with Kobe Bryant at a certain point in his career. And so he's retired now, but he was on Sports Center or something the other day, and they were asking him, so what was it like playing with Kobe Bryant? And for those of you that have no idea who Kobe Bryant is, nor do you care, he's kind of like, arguably, uh, the Michael Jordan of, of today. And uh, they asked him, well, what was it like being with Kobe Bryant? He goes, man, it was incredibly weird. It was so weird being his teammate because when he was, uh, I was on his team when he turned 21. And we brought him out to a strip club and we brought him out and we we were just going to break him in. And we had, you know, I paid for everything. Everything was all paid for. And Kobe stayed there for a few minutes and he looked at me and said, hey, man, I got to go home. I got to go home. I got to train in the morning. John Sally was like, what? It's your birthday. He goes, man, I I don't have time for this. I got to go train in the morning. And uh, he left the club, went home, woke up the next morning like he always does, and started training. Now, I don't know Kobe Bryant personally. Uh, The only thing I know about Kobe Bryant is what's in the media and you never know what's true and what's not true. The only thing I am going to say is that is incredibly, incredibly um, telling on what his career was going to look like. When you are making faithful decisions, you can only expect to have a good outcome faithfulness always wins. Faithfulness always wins. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's just basketball. Faithfulness always wins. But I want to say this, as far as staying power with God, it always wins. Number three, not only do we expect the unexpected, expect opposition, but expect intervention, would you? Let's expect God to come through. You know, I know that it's so hard to believe in a God you can't see, you can't touch. But Mary was on the run. She had wise men chasing her. Her baby had a bounty on his head. She was on the run. Well, these people that are chasing her, they lay down to go to sleep at night. And God intervenes, comes right into their sleep. Boom. And an angel straightens those guys out. And they go from being foes to friends just because God intervened. Joseph was looking at Mary and said, I don't want anything to do with you. You're a blah, 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 blah. Goes to sleep, has a dream. God intervenes. And I just want to say that God will take the hearts of man that are hard as rocks and turn it to a heart of flesh. Hard as rocks and turn it to a heart of flesh. You know what the Bible says? It says this, that I will give you a new spirit and I will give you a new heart and I will take away that heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. I'm just saying, Mary is this teenage girl and she's got the king's horses and the king's man after her. And it didn't make a bit of difference because she was with Jesus. And you're with Jesus, he will take the hearts of those enemies and the people that are against you and the person who's just that one thorn. And I don't know if somebody here has that one person that if their heart wasn't made of stone, it'd just be so much better. I just want to let you know that this is what God does. He, He takes out a stony heart and he puts in a heart of flesh. Let me just say this. I just need to take a sidebar for somebody in this room. If you're sitting here and you're saying, I'm that person, that's me. I have a heart of stone. I want to love God. I want to be passionate about God. I envy people who are. I'm just not. It's just a reality. I'm just not. I just want you to know, You come to God with that kind of honesty. It's in his word, he's the one that said it. And you just say, I want you to take away this heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. I want to be passionate about you and he will do something amazing in your life. We've got to expect an intervention. If you're taking notes, write this down. When God gets involved, everything changes. Everything changes. Last and final point. Expect prayer to make a difference. Expect it. You know, I've said, I've made this point right here three services in a row. This is a point. If you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that prayer made a difference, you would pray more. You would pray more if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know why you don't pray as much? Do you know why I don't pray as much? Because deep down inside, we wonder whether or not it's gonna make a difference. We wonder if it's gonna make a difference. And so for those of us that haven't prayed in a long time, the reality is it's not that you don't love God because you do love God. But so many things have happened in your life that at this stage of the game, you wonder if it's going to make a difference. I want to say, I want you to remember the promise that God gave. He said, I love those who love me, and those who seek me will find me. You will find me. When I go into my prayer time, I say, look, I'm bringing up a promise that you made. You said, you said that I will find you. You said that. I didn't say that. You said that. You promised that before I was born. So I am going to pursue you. I don't care if my washer breaks down, if my dishwasher breaks down, if my dryer breaks down, if my air conditioner. Please don't let my air (laughs) conditioner. It's staying power. (laughs) But I heard this preacher. <laughs> I heard this preacher one time. He said, "We love everybody here. We love white people, black people, red people, green people." Well, I, I don't know about you, green people. <laughs> Maybe it's just more funny to me. I don't know. If I see somebody green, I'm gonna be thinking, "Man, is there aliens?" You You don't know what to play under me right now, do you? (laughs) It's staying power. I'm going to give you this last thought. In Malachi chapter 3, God talks about faithful people. And he says that to the faithful, that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out, dump out blessings upon you. Just pour them out. Man, I, it, it always comes at the most unexpected times. We pray and we worship and we pray and we worship. The Bible says that the eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. Man, we're all about God and we're all about receiving the blessing, but it's the due season part that's kind of rough, isn't it? But if we can dig in on the due season, it opens up the windows and pours out blessings, and and He's already done it once in a grandiose. He poured out blessings and forgiveness and wiped away all of our sins. And that feels so good. But he's not going to stop there. At the moment when you least expect it, right out of the sky, just the blessings of God will pour out upon you.